Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, guys, what's going on? It is Jason. We're recording a little earlier in the day, so I got a lot of, like, allergy grossness in my throat, so I'm apologizing, and the windows are open, so if you hear my strange neighbors, sorry. Yeah, it happens. I mean, last week, I forgot to shut the air conditioner off, so it was running in the background, too, so it's fine. Oh, I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice the air conditioner running. Not that I listened to our podcast or anything. Yeah, I was going to say, of course you didn't notice because you didn't listen to it. <laughs> I was there when it happened. I don't feel like I need to listen to it again. That's true. That's true. All right. So I want to get started with some news today. I don't have witty banter. I don't have anything to talk about. Yeah, that's fine. We can just move on. Um, but in news, I want to talk about a game that the title pulled me in from the beginning because clearly I watch a lot of murder mysteries. And this game is called Tea, Scones, and Arsenic, which that name enough. I yeah, was that's awesome. Totally in. It's by Robin Red Games. That's um, a French company. But in this game, you are heir to a fortune. But for some reason, you decided to throw a tea party and celebration, and everybody that shows up wants to poison you um, so that they get the money instead of you. So everyone has, like, um, their own little player card, which has, like, your cup of tea and your player character, and you get three lumps of sugar to start out with. And so inside this box, you have, like, this cookie box, like, basically a tin of cookies, which I don't know why this is called tea scones and arsenic instead of tea cookies or tea biscuits and arsenic, but hey, not my game. But all the cookies are face down in the cookie box, and so they've got different looks on them. But on the other side, there is a level of poisoning, poison, arsenic level. I'm, I'm assuming the cookies also have, like, other things on them, um, but just in a quick overview. You can... You, so on your turn, you draw a cookie out of the box. You look at the arsenic level on it. You can either put it, you know, on your cup of tea or you can put it back and spend a lump of sugar. So we take our turns going around, you know, taking cookies because if you have the most cookies at the end, you're, you're going to win. However, you also have to watch for your arsenic poisoning level. So this becomes a push your luck game because... You're drawing cookies and you're looking at the cookies you have. You're like, okay, what's my tolerance level? Ooh, do other people look like they've got a lot of arsenic? And then someone decides to stop. Once I decide to stop, everybody else is forced to play for two more rounds. Ooh, that's nice. Yes. So deciding when I want to stop, because you you got to have enough cookies. So you're like, well, is there a bunch of like poison ones left that everybody else is going to have to draw? And I'm not... Or are they going to draw a bunch more cookies and then end up beating me? Like that kind of like really cool decision push your luck thing. I just think is really fun. So I really like that idea. Um, There's four days left on this Kickstarter. So if that kind of intrigues you, definitely check it out. Um, It's 34 bucks. And I also saw that for the U.S., um, I think the U.S. in one other country, the U.S. and the E.U., shipping is free. It's, like, included Wow, that's cool. in the price of the game, which I think makes that $34, like, an even better deal. So check it out. Tea, scones, and arsenic. Four days left. 34 bucks. So you said you put a sugar cube if you want to pass, right? Is that yes, you spend a sugar cube if you want to pass on the cookie that you drew. Yeah, because this game 
it was starting to feel a little bit like no thanks when you were talking about it up at the top. But then at the end, it feels like a game called Welcome to the Dungeon, where once people back out, everyone else has to keep playing until there's only one person left, and then they got to fight all the baddies in the dungeon. So it feels like a mix of those two games mixed together, which is pretty neat. Yeah, I think it was a neat concept. And it's not even, it's not like you have to be the last one standing either. So there's such like a, a real tension there with, ooh, do I think my arsenic level is low enough and I have left cookies? Or what, and what, are there a bunch of poison cookies left? And so I want to stop and make everybody else draw them out. Like, I just think that was really cool. I like it. The next one, completely different theme. And yet... Another super cool theme, and it's called Nobel Run, and you are trying to be a scientist to make a run for a Nobel Prize. Um, this is actually a deck building game, so you start with like seven cards, which kind of represent your small research team, and those cards give you resources, so again, you're just going to use that, you know, to buy cards to help you, um, you know, do better research. You're going to get more equipment, lab equipment, some research grants, other researchers or scientists or inventors, um, you know, to build your deck like you do in a deck builder. But then there are also um, other cards that come up that make you run for the Nobel Prize harder. Like, um, you know, people think that you're an imposter or you have to take care of a sick relative or your hard drive burns up. Um, but you're trying to use them, use your deck to publish scientific papers, which are going to give you prestige points. And um, you're trying to hit 20 prestige points in order to win the Nobel Prize, 20 prestige points or more. I love deck builders. I love like a fun theme. So if this appeals to you, nine days left, definitely family friendly game, $18. So pretty good price point. Yeah, that's, that's a really solid price. I don't know how good the game is, but I mean, deck builders are cool, so 18 bucks for a deck builder, not bad. Yeah, just a simple little. And my last one is also a really interesting theme. I When I see like crazy unique themes on Kickstarter, I'm always in on that. And this game is called Peak Oil Profiteer. It's um, by Two Tomatoes, but because apparently there is a peak oil game, this is a standalone sequel to... I don't know if I talked about peak oil, if I remember peak oil, it's possible. I've only, you know, done like 70 episodes or something. I mean, it all runs together after a couple. Yeah, it's fine. I'm sure at some point. Um, but this game has really cool art and in it. You are like an oil profiteer. So you go to this like war torn, torn country that is full of oil and um, you are basically being terrible people. So you're all these corporations, each person has a corporation. Um, and you can also, uh, they each have like asymmetrical like powers that you can move into as the game progresses. Um, you're going to do simultaneous action selection for your actions for the round um, because they, they move in an order. And you are trying to bribe and blackmail like leaders. You want to um, like control positions on the map, obviously that have oil you're wanting to get drilling rights so you can get into the oil. You want to sell the oil when the price is high. You can um, deal arms to different like groups in the country so that you kind of have interests in the various areas. You want to, um, like, you're going to get crew. They're going to help you do underhanded things. And you want to help, like, kind of get the government in your pocket so you can sell stuff from the docks at an advantage to you. Um, but it's it looks like it's a pretty quick there's a pretty quick round mechanism 
um, before, like once corruption gets to like a hundred percent, then the game's over and the land's completely corrupt. So you can't even work there anymore, which I think is a hilarious way to end the game. Um, like I'm not entirely sure of all the mechanics, but definitely simultaneous action selection, area control. Um, there's some player interaction cause you're bumping people out, moving into areas. Uh, I just think that that whole theme sounds really cool. So if you're interested in that, Peak Oil Profiteer has 11 days left on Kickstarter, and it's 36 bucks, which, again, seems like a pretty cool price. Yeah, not bad. Uh, I remember looking at Peak Oil. I really liked the art. It kind of drew, drew me in because it was, like, interesting, like, reds and blues stuff, like, yeah, abstracty it, colors. It is yeah. cool. It is cool art. Like, the color choices are cool. It has, like, an almost an old retro game feel, but the color choices and stuff are really modern. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff about it. Yeah, that's cool. That one sounds good. So those are my news points for this week. All right, so let's get into some games played. So we did play some games this week. Um, We played more than the games we're going to talk about. So let's just quit talking about it and jump right in. So the first game that we played that, well, that we want to talk about is in the Parks line of games. So there's Parks, there's Parks Memories, and now there's Trails, and we got to play Trails. Um, it's still from Keymaster, has the same art as Parks and Parks Memories. Still from Henry Audubon, I'm pretty sure he did Parks. I don't think he did Memories, but he definitely did Parks. And what this game is, is it's effectively, I don't know, you're walking down the trail, of course, and you're collecting leaves, acorns, and stones to find badges. You're trying to complete badges for, like, the scouts. I think you're scouts, I don't know. But you're trying to use those stones, acorns, and leaves to effectively turn them in to get badges, which are going to score you points, which are going to um, give you other like resources, additional actions. You're trying to take pictures to score points and collect birds and go sightseeing because whoever can see the most birds at the end of the game is going to score and it's some additional points. Um, it's a really easy game. You're just walking down the trail, collecting some things, turning the stuff you collect into other things and trying to have the most points. Um, every time you hit the end of the trail, the sun's going to start going down and the trail's going to get dark. Once the trail gets all the way dark, the game is over. So um, what did you think about... Well, let me go back. So we, um, the same night we played Trails, we also played Parks because our new hotness buddy bought Trails, but he never played Parks and he, we wanted to play and kind of compare. So yeah, so just a side note. So what did you think about Trails? Um, either compared to Parks, not compared to Parks, however you want to talk about Trails. Um, I... I liked it. Um, I like Trails. It's one of those very relaxing games. It reminds me in some ways of Takedo. Um, just a game that's really pretty. And um, you can play very leisurely with people. You can have conversations outside of the game. Um, there honestly aren't a ton of choices to be made. I mean, in some ways, yes. But I don't know. I did terribly. So maybe I should have made better choices. Uh Actually, I don't remember. I know I did not win. No, I won. I won. I know you won. I didn't want to bring that up, but I just can't remember like if I was close or not at all. I think I don't know. I don't remember. Actually. I don't. I don't either. Um, but it is one of those where I I have people regularly ask like, "Is there a game that we can play? We can still like talk and stuff, and they don't have to pay a ton of attention to." Which sometimes irritates me, but I do understand. Like if you if you want to play a game, but also you know, catch up with people. This is one of those games that is really nice for that. And again, it's beautiful, just like every other Keymaster game in the Parks line. Um, 
And I know they're planning on releasing some deluxe components, which I'm hoping for actual shaped resources like they have with parks because I love that. Um, so I'm definitely going to hold off until I see those come out. But um, I like parks better because there's more stuff going on. Uh, I think that this is a nice game to get introduce people and then maybe say, oh, did you like this? Well, let's play this, but with a little more. And then once I've got all the chatting out of the way, you could go into playing parks where you're actually trying to collect some goals and get a little more competitive that way. Um, but I, I liked it. It was a nice kind of chill game. Yeah. I Had I never played parks before, I would have liked this game a lot. But this game offers, in my opinion, the same thing that parks offers. So I would just rather play parks because there's better decisions. There's more stuff going on. It just feels like more of a game to me. And especially playing them back to back, like we played parks and then we played trails. Yeah, uh, you can really feel parks is a lot better, in my opinion, than trails. Trails was still fun. It was enjoyable. I had a good time. But I would rather play parks probably every day of the week if I had a choice. Yeah, agreed. All right. So the next game is a game that just came out this year from WizKids. And it is called Ginja or Jinja. I'm not sure how you actually say it. I've been saying Jinja, like Ninja with a J. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know how you say it. I'm not Japanese. But um, this is a worker placement game where you're trying to build shrines for the worshiping of your spirits. I'm not sure what they're called. I forget. Um, do you remember what the spirits that you're worshiping are called? No, I didn't realize oh, yeah. there was something. Yeah, you're building shrines for the spirits that you're worshiping, which are... Um, I can't remember. Oh, Omakuji. Um, I don't know. If you told me that, I blocked out. I just was like, okay, we're building Shinto shrines. Yeah, yeah, we're building shrines. You're building shrines across Japan for worship of the gods or spirits or whatever. But effectively what this is, it's a worker placement game. You're going down to different, you're putting workers in different spots, trying to get different types of structures, which are the resources. They're like types of buildings and monuments and stuff that you're going to use to build your shrine. And you're trying to get different end-of-game goal cards. You're trying to get different building permits, which are called deeds, to allow you to turn in your resources to build buildings in the certain areas. The cool thing about this is the building deeds are in the different colors of the building of the different of the maps. I think there's six different colors or five different colors. And you can't you may have all the stuff you need to build a building, but you have you need a certain color of deed to get to build where you want to build, which is pretty interesting. So this is a, it, it's a fairly light worker placement game. It looks really nice. It has really cool bits and it was enjoyable. And this was a Father's Day gift. So, you know, we did play that on, on Father's Day too, which was fun. So what did you think about Jinja? I really like this game and I really want to play it more. Um, I don't know if I want to play it at more than two because actions are so tight in this game. Um, which I also love because again, I mentioned like, I think last week or maybe two weeks ago, I love tight games because like with limited actions, cause they push my brain to, to be better, to be more analytical, to play my turn better, to make the most out of each turn. And I just love that challenge. Not to mention again, I'm a sucker for an Asian theme. This is gorgeous. The pieces are really cool. Um, and, and even though it's tight decisions, the gameplay is not at all difficult. 
Like, really? No, it's really, really straightforward. Yeah. And the iconography is super simple and easy to follow. But there's just like the decisions are just so difficult, which again, for me is super compelling. Um, we only played this once. I'd love to play it again. I'm scared to play it at more than two because I don't want them to take more of my actions away. Um, but I guess that would be even more of a challenge. But I really liked it. Yeah. Um, in a two player game, you have five workers. And there's five rounds, so you get 25 actions. In a higher player count, you're going to have less workers, so you're going to get even less actions, which is crazy. Like, it's hard to do what you want in 25. I couldn't imagine, like, 20 or 15. That's insane. Um, but, yeah, this is a really good game. It's worker placement, so, you know, like Lords of Waterdeep, Champions of Midgard, all that type of thing. But the the way you – the tightness is nice. So you're trying to use every action because if you waste one action – you're going to put yourself at a disadvantage. So, yeah, if you like worker placement games, you like Japanese themes, and you like tight games, this is definitely one that you should check out. It's really good. All right, so the last game we're going to talk about is a card game, a little tiny card game from Pandasaurus, and I'm not sure how you say this, Ohanami, I think. Yeah. Looks right. Um, and all this, is, all this game is is it's a drafting game. So everybody has 10 cards. You're going to keep two of the cards, and then you're going to pass around the table. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to create these three different columns of cards, which are representing like fountains that you're making, I think. And the way that you're building these these rows of cards is you're adding to either the bottom, meaning you're playing a lower card in the column, or you're adding a higher card than the highest card you have in the column. So if I had my high card was 69 and my low card was 12, and I had a 14, I couldn't put that card in that column because it's not lower than 12. It's not higher than 69. So I'd either have to start a new column or go to a column that I already have started that I can place that in or discard it. What you're trying to do is you're trying to get the different colors of cards. There's blue, green, gray, and pink. And you're trying to get different colors in these columns to score points. So in round one, blue cards are going to score. It's three points per blue card. In round two, it's going to be blue cards and green cards. Green cards are worth four. In round three, it's going to be blue cards, green cards, and gray cards. Every gray card is worth seven points. And the more pink cards you have, you're going to get more points across the game. So it's just a trying to get the right cards you need for your columns, trying to get the colors that you want to score the most points, and just trying to do that as efficiently as you can without having to discard a bunch of cards. So what did you think about Ohanami? Uh, this is another game that I can't wait to play more of. Like, it it burned my brain at first because I naturally want to separate things into the colors that they are. And then I was like, oh, no, that's not going to work. I'm supposed to be paying attention to my numbers. And then there's the drafting aspect. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, I can see this really becoming super interesting when you get more people and so there's more movement on the cards and different kinds of numbers are coming. We play the two, so I kind of knew, okay, I'm going to take two out of these 10 cards, but I'm going to see some of these again. So that kind of made me look ahead a little bit and let me kind of know, oh, okay, if I keep these two cards, these other ones might come back so I can kind of work them around here. Um, so I think my first couple of turns were kind of crap because I wasn't really paying attention to the numbers in the way I should. Uh, but I think, again, very, very simple action. I choose two cards. I pass my hand. I lay my two cards down in one of three columns in numeric order, like ascending order. That's that's it. But again, the choices, like, what am I going to keep? Uh, am I going to risk going like jumping up here and hoping nothing comes in to fit in between here and then we'll be ticked? 
Um, and you, you don't really want, like, if you can, can't use a card, you can discard it, but you don't really want to get rid of any cards because they're all some kind of points. Um, I, yeah, I, I like this one for just a little card game. I think there's some really good choices to be made. I'm interested to see it at a higher player count. Yeah, I, I like this a lot too. And one thing that I didn't notice until I was watching a video afterwards is every card, there's only one number of every card. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're different colors, but, you know, if I have number one, no one else is going to get a number one. I didn't realize that until later. Maybe you did, but I didn't. And so that makes it a little thinkier. Like, if I'm waiting on a 13, but someone else has a 13, I can cross that off my list because I'm not going to get it. <laughs> so just one of those cool things that you're trying to always pay attention to your opponents, too. Yeah, this is a fun little card game. I like it. He plays in about 10 minutes. It's super fast. But you can just keep playing over and over and over if you want to and just have fun with it. So... Yeah, that's Ohanami, and those are the games that we played. All right, so we kind of have a different type of topic for this episode. We had seen, like, I'm always trying to find new topics for the episode, and so I will occasionally look at what other podcasts or other video channels are doing to get ideas, to jog my brain, to see what people are wanting to hear about. Um because I, I guess I, I don't have an issue like an open call, like, hey, send me your episode ideas. And we also try not to repeat episode, like, subjects. Which we're probably going to have to start doing because <laughs> we're getting low. <laughs> we are getting low. Um, we're almost, like, what, you and I have almost been doing 80 episodes together? Yeah, something like that, yep. And the fact that we've done 80 different episodes, I think is pretty cool. Of course, like the top 100, um, that's something we like to revisit. And we will come back to that towards the end of this year. But in the meantime, if you have uh, topics that you'd like to see us discuss, please, please uh, let us know. We, we've kind of strayed away from, oh, let's, let's play this one game and talk about it for the entire episode because we think that's boring. Um, and I know a lot of other podcasts do that, and we just won't. <laughs> so if that's what yep. you want sorry but we i was thinking about things that i see a lot on facebook groups and even in other podcasts and it's like you know if if your house were on fire and you could only you know you could grab so many games what would you choose or you know um of the top 100 if you had to draft you know the best your best set like team of games what would they be and so Jason and I, we've been watching, we have watched a lot of different series about tiny houses. And actually recently, Jason's um, mom, sort of mom, adopted mom, um, she and her husband are selling their house and moving into like a camper and kind of doing the whole promised land thing, going around the country in their camper. And I thought, oh my goodness, if we did that... If we sold our house, because, I mean, housing market's good, and decided to move into a tiny house or move into an RV, what games will we keep in our collection? And we were <laughs> going back and forth, and I said, well, I mean, I'm an English teacher, so it's not like I can get rid of all of my books, because I have a lot of books, and I just like to keep collecting them. I'm like the smog of books. I want to have them all and sit on them in my lair and just hold them, even if, you know... I have trouble getting rid of books I don't even like. Like, I just want to have them all. So if we moved into a tiny house, a lot of the storage would be taken up by my books. So that leaves us with 
Jason and I each get to pick three games from our current collection that we can take into our tiny house. We get, what did you say, Jason? One stair? Yeah. If you watch those shows, they always put like the the storage underneath the stairs that go up to the loft. So we each get one stair to store these games so we can, you know, have other things. So we both looked around our collection and tried to find the three games that we would take with us. Now, for me, I wanted to pick my favorite games, but I actually didn't pick... Oh, no, I did pick my number one game of all time. Um, but I also tried to look at games that were different than the kind of games Jason was taking, games that not only he and I could play, but that other people could play if you know we visited, because I didn't want to take a bunch of two-player games. So this is the list, our three choices that we came up with. The tiny house game collection, if you will. All right, so I'll get started. Uh, I didn't pick my favorite game either, but I picked games that are different types of games, different styles, like worker placement, so on and so forth, and that have, in my opinion, a lot of replayability. So that's what I did. So the first game that I picked is from Stonemeyer, and it is Wingspan. And the reason that I picked Wingspan, one, it's a fun game. Two, it has like 72,000 different bird cards that you're never going to see all of them of in a game. So you could play multiple games, see different cards every single time. It's going to play differently every time because of the cards that are coming out. And, you know, it. it if you can get lucky and get it all in one box, it'll take up less space. Um, but if you have all the expansions, good luck with that. But either way, it has a lot of replayability. It's fun. So that's why I wanted to include it in my tiny house collection. So Wingspan, my first one. I also really like Wingspan, and yeah, there's a, a butt ton of cards there, and I like that there are different paths to victory, lots of stuff going on in this this game, and with the expansions, there's like all those special powers, so it's like activated powers, between, round, between turn powers, end of round powers, end of game powers, I love that, so that's a really cool game. My first choice is my favorite game of all time. And actually, it dethroned Grand Austria Hotel last year for me, which I almost picked, but gosh, this is my number one game. So I picked Coimbra. Coimbra's my first choice. I mean, you've got dice auction. You've got um, card, and so then card drafting. You've got track movement. You've got engine building. I mean, there is a ton of stuff going on in this game, and I love that. Also, I am just really good at this game, <laughs> so I like a game I could win, but it's so challenging, and, and there's different ways to play, and playing with two players, and there's kind of this sort of dummy player that makes bidding harder for cards, um, so that's really a, a, that's a cool mechanism when you play with more than two you don't have that. So then there's like other people you're vying for. So the game changes up that way. Um, you're trying to climb these tracks. I like to use the cards as engine building. So I get cards that allow me to move, make other movements, to get other actions, to get other income. Um, I don't do a lot of end of game cards, but you could do it that way. Like this is just, it's such a good game. And I love the artwork. I just love this game. So yeah, I take Coimbra. Yeah, and since you picked a dice game, which a dice placement game or drafting game, I didn't pick one, but this used to be my number one game, so I have no complaints playing this one. I, I love this game. It looks good. It's really fun, and yeah, it's a good pick to be in our tiny house collection. All right, so my next one, I had to pick a push-your-luck game because I love push-your-luck, 
So I picked one of my favorite Push Your Luck games, and that is The Quacks of Quedlinburg. Um, there's not a ton of variety here other than the different chips you can get and different kinds of cards. The gameplay plays the same, but I love the feeling every single time, trying to pull chits out of that bag to not explode, um, trying to get as many points as you can, trying to you know use the rat tails to your advantage, the different powers of each of the chips. It's so good. This game is so fun, and yes, it's lucky. Yes, it's random. But I don't care. It's just about having fun. So if I'm going to have a couple games in my collection, Quacks is definitely one that I want to have in there. So that's my second game in my storage under the stairs. I Yeah, this game is great because there is a decent amount of replayability because you've got those different player powers or different chip powers that you can kind of choose between. And I've never had a game of this go the same way twice because that luck and randomness and you know if we have people visit us or whatever want to hang out um you know i've only met one person who didn't like this game and he's an idiot so it's a good pick (laughs) yeah yeah most people do like this game because it's fun yeah i agree um the type of game that i also have to have is a deck builder i love love deck builders a good deck builder with great synergy, um, where you can like chain cards together and have like an epic turn. Um, oh, so ICP, huh? Well, we talk about that one a lot. And while I do love that one, um, the one I chose has more pay builder because there are more types of cards available. And that is Tanto Core. Yes, I am bringing back the slutty maids, people. Well, it is further down on my top 100. I like Tanto Core for a reason. I have liked it for so long. There um, is such good variety with the different type of cards that exist. I think there are five total different expansions and types of games. Uh, Yes, five expansions, yes. Um, So there's so many different kinds of powers you can get with different made cards that are being played. They play off each other. Um, The expansions that add like uh, like one different mechanic to each one so that you can play that. And you've just got that good quality deck building. How can I link cards together? How can I thin my deck out? How can I buy better cards? Um, I just really love that. So I had to take Tonto. Yeah, like like we talked about, ICP is probably my favorite deck builder. But when it comes to replayability, Tonto is, you know, there's so many cards. You could play this Tonto six times in a row and have a different game every single time, which is cool. My only complaint with Tonto is the text is really small. So uh, outside of that, the game is pretty awesome. So yeah, I, I like that's a good pick. All right, so I wanted to pick a worker placement game because I enjoy a worker placement. So that was tough. It was tough to pick one that I wanted to take, but I think I settled on it. And that game is The Godfather. Not my favorite worker placement game, but the reason that I picked it is it has a lot of the things that I like in a worker placement. So it has some, a little bit of area control. It has some contract fulfillment. It has um, the worker placement. You go to a spot, get the thing. But it also gives you rewards if you're controlling a territory and someone goes to the spot, you're also going to get a thing. So it just does all, all the pieces of it really well. While it's not my favorite, it is definitely really fun. And no matter what player count, it feels good. And everybody I've ever played it with has enjoyed it. So... The last game that I would keep in my tiny house collection is The Godfather. Wow, we have an Eric Lang game in our tiny house collection? That's insane. I know, it is insane. This doesn't feel like Eric Lang, though, at all. Like, it's still weird to me that he designed this game. I don't believe it. Is he a soul designer or did he co-design it? Soul designer. That's weird. (laughs) Yeah, it is weird. It is weird. I do like The Godfather. You know, y'all know I love the gangster theme. I think that's fun. I even like the minis on this. I like the colors. It's like simple art, but it gets the point across. 
and I like to win it, so I like Godfather. My last game is another type of game that I super enjoy, and I would be really sad without. Um, I also like love like general card games, so I mean, a deck of cards, I think, goes without saying. We don't need to make space in our collection for that. Yeah, you can fit that anywhere. But I also really love deduction games. And I looked at several and I thought about several that don't take up a lot of room. You know, I like Awkward Guests. I like the OG Clue. I really like Miss uh, Mask of the Red Death. But one of my favorite deduction games that is a nice kind of bridging the gap between the old school Clue and like more designer kind of hobbyish board games is Mystery of the Abbey. Not only would I take this because... I love deduction games, but it's also out of print and <laughs> worth a decent amount of money on top of that. <laughs> um, true. But we, we went the extra mile. We uh, laminated some of the sheets that you use in the game so that we'll always be able to play it. But in this game, you know, you're trying to figure out who done it. But unlike Clue, where you just go around and are looking quietly at a card from one person... You have to move into the same room as another monk. You get to ask them a question out loud so other people can hear their answer. So you're carefully wording your questions. Um, There's a lot more suspects. You know, you're asking about if they have beards or no beards, hoods or no hoods, if they're fat or they're skinny, what order of monk they belong to. Um... There's also cards that kind of give you some special powers. There's a card that allows you to take two turns in a row, it like is just souped up Clue. So it's a great game for newer gamers who like Clue, but it also has those extra things that make it more strategic and more of a game than just Clue. And it's about monks, and I think that's awesome. And there's a little bell to ring when everybody has to go back to the chapel for mass. There's just a lot of cool stuff in this game. Um, So my last choice would be Mystery of the Abbey. Yeah, this is a good one. Probably not one that I would put in. Just because I don't like deduction as much as you, but if we had to pick a deduction game, I would have picked this one or um, Awkward Guest for sure, because they are really good. Yeah, you do like this one. Last time I played it, you're like, oh yeah, that is that is a really good game. It is good. I just don't, I'm not as big a fan of deduction. The game is good. I just, for me, I would rather play a different style of game. So that's my only issue with it. That's true. I mean, I wanted to pick Consulting Detective, but Jason would never play with me. I'd only be playing it by myself. And there still are a limited number of cases, even if those cases would take me, you know, hours of enjoyment. I decided that this was the way to go instead. Yeah. Yeah. I Yeah. Consulting Detective, while they play a long time, yeah, six cases and you're done. So that is our Tiny House Collection six games. You guys listen to us. You know us. What did we miss? What are we overlooking? Make our choices even harder because we did agonize over this and there are plenty of games I could have also picked that I thought about and I'll probably regret. And I didn't even look at as far as spacing goes, like if I needed to make sure the game was smaller in size, this is just, hey, six games. That's all we can take. What are they? Um, It's a big big step. We're fine. We're fine. It's a big step. (laughs) Apparently. So... Which, what games do we miss? Tell us. Facebook, hashtag the Riveted or Facebook group. If you're not a part of that, you are totally missing out. Um, oh, I have a couple of fickle favorites I didn't mention. Way to go. Shoot. Um, we have one guy who listens to us on YouTube all the time. I, I, I don't know. I think there's only one person who listens to us on YouTube. No, I think Melanie couple, does too. 
he comments every single time, and I, I don't, I think his name, his real name is actually Tim, but his YouTube name is like Skilled Skifling or something like that. I don't know, but yeah, he, he's he listens a lot and comments every episode. But he also knew my Radar O'Reilly reference, so shout out to that fickle favorite. And on Facebook, um, we had. Uh, what to me I thought was a new a comment from someone that I had never seen comment before, and I really appreciated um, your insight on our topic from last week. Like, yeah, we don't want to force people to play games that really don't want to. That's really like not helping the cause at all. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm so glad that you commented. And I said, if if you gave a new comment, then I would now if just Jason Smith weren't junking up the feed on the riveted, I'd be able to figure out who commented. Yeah, I, I don't remember what his name is. I forget. Yeah, that Jason Smith guy's annoying. Sorry, we're the worst. This is why we're only a pretty okay <laughs> podcast. I'm like, oh yeah, I should have talked about this. Glad I prepared. Glad we have an outline. Good job. Oh man, I'm gonna get there. I know it's coming up. It's it's getting there. I'm scrolling. I'll find it before you. You probably it's just my internet. It's slow and it's only, it's scrolling so very slowly. <laughs> and you do post a lot. So does Scott and Fred. Don't talk bad about Scott and Fred. I'm just saying, I'm not the only one that posts a lot. Simon, Simon Brace Girdle. Yeah, well, I just got there. I just got there. Thanks. Simon, thank you for posting. I, haven't, I hadn't seen you post before, and that's really exciting. So, hey, if you're not posting on the Riveted, I will try and... Uh, <laughs> pay attention and, and actually you know write it down next time that <laughs> no come on we're not gonna do that i posted and caught you on the podcast that's one of my fickle favorites but anyway <laughs> all that excitement aside um yeah definitely posting on hashtag the riveted we clearly love to hear from you. I like to see more posts on there other than Jason. Um, and so thank you for those of you that do regularly post. And if you don't and you just you're a longtime lurker, first time poster, please do. And I'll try and call you out on the podcast because um, I, I, I really do. I want to hear also not only what we missed, but what you would take. Since Jason, there's two of us. We took six games. I won't limit you to three. Yeah, you can take as many games as you want. You can fill your whole tiny house with games if you want. I guess. I'm not going to judge you. No, no, that's not the point. Six games. You can only take six. What's it going to be? Post on our Facebook page. Hashtag the riveted. Um, take a picture of them and put them on Instagram or the Twitters. Um, you could be like our friend on YouTube who comments on our, on our YouTube versions of the podcast. You can comment there or like, subscribe, click on the bell to see notifications from us and comment on some of our other videos and what you want to see there. I believe Jason said there's some some boxes on the way to us. So we'll have another unboxing video soon once that those arrive and I decide that I want to be seen on video again. Um, so we'll have that out there for you. And as always, check out our friends over at the Board Game Rundown. They have a an okay video podcast series that they do. It's topical. They're all good guys except for Dan. But um, yeah, it's a good show. And if you like board games, you like content about board games, go check that out because it's a good time. Right. And there are at least two you know, good quality episodes on there because Jason was on one and I was on one. Well, one. I mean, you were on one. So we'll say there's <laughs> one, and a, one and a half good ones. Yeah, so so check them out. 
All right. I think that's all I have. Our cat is like all up in my business right now. That cat's annoying. I know. Lita, I'm not going to play with you right now. I'm trying to do a podcast. <sighs> Dang it, Lita. You're ruining everything. You're ruining everything. <laughs> Don't give me that look. You know what you did. <laughs> all right. Well, we can shut this down so you can pet Lita so she'll get off you. I know. I will. All right. I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. Even if it's in a tiny house. <laughs> <laughs>